This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Let this story of Richard Shooping's life alleviate those who are suffering with AIDS. Let it reveal all that we are, so each person may feel connected to Source and not alone. Let it reveal the peace that always is. Let it bring self-understanding, self-knowing, ego-unknowing, and revolution. Let it empower, illumine, heal, and awaken those that are suffering with AIDS AIDS consciousness, death, fear, or any limitation. When we love ourselves fully and harness the wisdom of the heart, anything seems possible. Valeria Telles interviews Richard Shooping, the author of From Suffering to Soaring, Through God I Transcended AIDS. Richard Shooping was born in Maitland, Florida, a small suburb north of Orlando, He was born into a family of musicians. His grandfather was a minister and stroke survivor for the Presbyterian Church who wrote hymns for the church. Richard's father was an accomplished jazz musician who played piano, wrote his own scores, and had his own band that played on the Space Coast in the 60s through the 80s. It was only natural to Richard to become musically inclined as well. Richard's mother introduced him to language and theater, where he was awarded children singing roles in local musical productions. Oliver, The Music Man, were just some of the few musicals in which he sang. Richard was diagnosed in 1993 with AIDS after his third partner passed, and he took HIV medications on and off for several years. Medications back then were more toxic, AZT, and so powerful they put Richard in dark mental places with severe psychial side effects. AIDS, at that time, was defined as having less than 450 T-cells. On his healing journey, Richard was called within to an Eastern perspective, meditations, yoga, and peacefulness. And for several years, he did quite well. But a series of accidents and illnesses slowly chipped away at his health. Broken collarbone, fistula, pneumonias, basal cell cancers, depression, weakness, and waning concentration, which left him unable to work. He went on disability. He wrote music throughout his journey, and also his first book, From Suffering to Soaring, a book pointing towards his awakening epiphany. His compassion has only deepened throughout his journey, which has birthed We Are Overlap with his soul brother, Robert Sidebottom. Meet Richard, 
at weareoverlap.com and compassioncurrency.org. Here is the interview with Richard Shuping. In your own words, who is Richard Shuping? My own words, probably embodied compassion after going through years and decades of suffering. I'm giving back every day to the world, to myself, because everything is myself. So I'm loving myself more and more and loving everything in the process. Is that something that we practice to get to? Is this an understanding in time, a moment, something shifts? Or this transcends everything, transcends the mind, practices and everything else? Well, I guess the less you relate to what is in yourself, the less you be you're more yourself. If I, if I look outside and I see the sky and I think I'm the sky, I am the sky. If I find my breath and I feel my awareness, I'm awareness. So the more you sit in your awareness, the more you're aware. Awareness. And that is, it's not disconnected from speaking, from doing things, right? Oh, no, no, it's action. Everything's awareness. It's just what you label. It just don't label it. If you don't label it, it just is. You're talking, just the words, it's a sound. If you don't say it's a sound in your mind, you're talking, it's still there sound. That's the way, that's awareness is. You see it, you still are part of it. You don't categorize and define it. Right. So it's not labeling. Exactly. It's so simple. Don't label things and flow. Kind of seems like something in me is really working on to stay in a non-judgmental space. It's more discernment, but they're still labeling. I see that the thoughts coming, they come and go. So is that something that's part of awareness? Yes. When you're aware of the thoughts, you're aware of your thoughts, you're aware of it. The more, the more aware you are, the less more important to become. Seeing it is a very important step, but you stop holding, holding on to clinging to that aspect. You let it become more malleable and flow more. You're less holding on to it as your identity. So when you not practice, the more aware you are, it just naturally flows. You know, unlike the mind wants to practice and wants exercises and wants puzzles, and the more puzzles and more puzzles, it never stops. Right. So when you become still, it's stillness. Mm. You don't feel anymore. So, wow, yeah, the mind, uh, what we call the mind or the ego the mind. Oh, the memory. That's all it is, computer. Memorize the organization. But that's our tool. That's not us. We want to be the, we want to be a, use a, a positive tool, not be controlled by the tool. It makes sense. It's just running itself like a machine. It's keep repeating itself, actually. It's, meant, it's meant to. So when we drive our car, when we're address our phone number, but it's not meant to control our lives. And this is something that I, I have been very much tapping into with more of the non-duality teachings that came to me a lot more clearly. And what I wonder now is if this is something that we still try like, to live in non-duality, to live in an aware space, so to live awareness. We don't try, right, Richard? It's something that simply happens or doesn't it's, happen. Exactly. You cannot try. Life is happening now. When you try, you've left the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Hmm. So, so simple, the mind gets afraid of simplicity. You cut it like a knife. It's done. When you're here, you're here. You're not here, not here. Hmm. Yeah, so true. I love this. <laughs> I love all, I mean, I love these conversations. So, wow. Uh, how did you come to this understanding, I mean, to this realization, really? I would say layer after layer after layer of my beingness being pulled away by suffering, by disease, by AIDS, by a stroke, by aphasia, by depression, by suicidal thoughts, my ego being afraid to be open, my heart. Because your mind is very scared to be naked and aware. 
And it seems like by layer, it can't happen overnight. You can't work an iPhone from an Android phone, from an analog phone. You know, there's a, there's a transition of knowledge, a transition of awakening. You know, you have to go to, to me, you have to go through steps, through uh, acclimation process, you know, going insane. You have to be able to handle it. As you open up to more information, we've cut off all, when you believe something, you're cutting off on the information that's not part of that belief. So more and more beliefs you have, the more walls inside yourself, the less information you're actually receiving. You become a shell inside yourself. So with me, layer by layer through suffering, why do I have AIDS? Why am I suffering? Why am I sick? I never really knew why. It was just letting it go and seeing it as it is and not, not really trying to fix it. I'm trying to love, my, love myself more and more in this moment. Did you engage in spiritual practices to get deeper into it? I, it's natural. Of course I did. I studied spirituality my whole life. I've read books, but I started meditating in Boston meditation for about a solid year. And that let me observe life more deeply. When I was really, really ill, before my stroke, I was really ill one time. Who knows? One time I was very, very ill on the floor. I started doing Vipassana, watching my body, and I realized I wasn't my body. I realized it wasn't what I'm seeing. There's always an observer. There's always an aspect of awareness. I think that's when my awareness started growing more and more, and it became more of a momentum. So when I went through the stroke, through aphasia, through depression, there's always that awareness. So the more you realize that you're not this experiencing this, you're actually that, you know, if you want to say that, not separation, but you're always awareness that's experienced this, this emotion, this flow, this energy. So in a way, awareness is not an experience. We just, we fall, we're falling out of it. And we can't really say that either. It's just, we become less aware and more, we pulled into our drama, pulled into the story, but we're always aware. I love something that you wrote, I believe, in your book, I found this. It says, there is no thing to seek. So talk to me for a moment about the, the end of seeking. Is that really possible, Richard, now to expect anything, not to want anything? Yes, it is, and that's freedom. When you, because there's always something next to look for. Your brain creates the puzzle, creates the rat, you know, the, rabbit, the Alice in the rabbit hole. Following the rabbit, they never, never fought. Always chasing after the rabbit. That's the, that's a metaphor for always needing more and more and more to have peace. When you sit down in your home, when you say I need more, you're at home, you've gone to another journey, another storyline. So when you stop seeking, you become more fulfilled, more inspired, more present, more aware. And that awareness is healing. It's balancing. It's clarity. It's information. It's um, more. It's always more. Mm, yeah. So is awareness more connected to the body than the um, emotional states, emotional I would say activities? It's one. I would say it's one. It's the body and awareness is all one. I don't really separate things into compartmentalization because that's, that's the mind. It wants to go, you know, more puzzles after puzzles, books after books. And for myself, I was always searching and seeking, trying to heal different gurus, different spiritualities. But one day I just it clicked. I, I blinked my eyes with everyone. I was over. It's like, oh my God, I'm home. I've always been here. I just laughed. <laughs> you know, and I never left. That was like, that's the gift of awakening this life. I mean, I'm just so thankful to have that glimpse of awareness. Just enough, just enough to say like, one small pause that you can make between your jumping forward and not jumping forward. That pause is the gift. Mm. You, you exhale and you're, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. Now I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can be felt. Yes. Yeah, there's a felt sense in the body addressing that. The, the, the body does feel more relaxed, more expanded. But I don't say there's a body. It's just, you know, the awareness expands and strengths in a way. So the body and uh, the mental constructs, the belief systems, they are illusions. Would you say that? I wouldn't say illusions. I, I would just 
to do perspective of your body what it is what it is. I would say it's an experience. I don't really go for illusions either. I would just say it's the experience, the full experience. Do you experience this body fully as everything, or do you experience it as a, a piece of things? That's the difference. That's insightful. Yeah. So you experience the body and the mind as one thing, or you experience them as just parts. You separate everything. When you separate, you suffer, exactly. You know, then you become a person, ego, or less, a less than, a needy thing. But when you're everything, you're everything. So true. Yeah. Oh, you. my God. I love that, Richard. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is a message that's very challenging to communicate, isn't it? Because most of us hold on to the identity as parts of who we believe we are. Yes, it is. Right? So it's challenging. It is. It sure can be, yes. But the idea is just to be yourself, express yourself, don't expect anything. You're not changing people yourself. Don't expect people to change. You shine brighter and brighter, and the flowers bloom. And if they bloom, they do. If they don't, they don't. Just keep shining as more and more as you can. So you don't try to communicate the message either. <laughs> There's no trying. Exactly. Be <laughs> yes. myself. Exactly. Life always works itself out. It's more than me. I can never say know what's going on. I know nothing, actually. So I don't know anything. I'm just being myself as the one. Oh, wow. I love that, Richard. I mean, I have to use that word over and over and over. And do you connect the idea of love to compassion, the way you speak of? Oh, I sure do. I think it's the embodiment of compassion is love. Everything is love. We use certain human words to, to communicate with ourselves, you know, but it's all love. It's all oneness. It's all energy awareness. It's all, it's all nature. It's, it evolves. It, it you know, erodes, but it's all love, you know. We put stories on it, we put beliefs, we put dogma on top of it. It's always just love. It's always awareness. It's always one. One of the, I mean, the challenges for me, I would say, I have to use that word, is trying to communicate with words with my husband, for example, in friends, right. in family, about these things. You know, people dying around us, you know, and they are suffering and they don't know what to do. They feel lost. What are you doing in those cases? Do you use words to communicate the, the truth, which to me it is the truth, or you just you let silence and presence to speak for themselves? I think I mostly, mostly listen on to the person that, where they're at, on to that perspective, and I meet them there as well as I can, humbly. But mostly listening, because people want to hear themselves talk. When they hear themselves talk, they hear themselves talk. There's only one person here through these eyes. There's one awareness that's expressing all these bodies. So they're just a fractal, an aspect of nature. So let them express themselves, because it's all good. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I listen to them as much as I can and love them. Mm. So I do. Oh, wow. And that's unconditional love, isn't it? Yeah, let them be. You have no idea what they're going, what's right or wrong. You're just doing your thing. You're being, you're honoring your belief. You're honoring your heart. And the heart knows more than I can ever know. I think listening is the most powerful thing to listen, because then they can hear themselves and heal themselves through loving themselves. Self-love is the key to everything. Yes. Every self. So when it comes to the self and self-love, who are we loving? What is, is a part of us that we are learning to love? Yeah, that's kind of confusing, isn't it, in a way, Richard? Yes, it's kind of is. You want to analyze it. Yeah, it's kind of like you're... Uh, mm, yeah. You know, loving yourself as much as you can when you, when you feel you're not... Your wholeness, when you feel like you've fallen into a smaller piece of yourself, you're loving yourself and forgiving yourself for that. When you're aware, that's a celebration. When you're unaware, when things arise, I think for me, it's like when I become self-judgmental and I become depressed, I'm loving myself for that. 
because that's not who I am. But that's less of what I am. That's my idea of self-love. When I judge myself and I feel depressed and I get too emotional, you know, negative or, you know, that's I'm loving myself. Self-loving me through those habits, those those reactions, reactionary instead of responding. So my responding is self-love to me. You're, you're less reactionary, less negative, less less polar, less not non-dual, but okay, for me, Richard Shubing, I would say self-love is when I forgive myself. Right. Yeah. And then would you say that those parts of us that's judgmental, are they conditioned? It's like those programmings. So they are not really real. Good way to say it. Good way to say it. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. In a sense, yes. The loss of the storyline, not flowing. The constructed idea that we call self, it's actually a programmed identity. It comes to me every time as that. And that's why it's very graceful to practice self-compassion and self-love, because we can't really judge those parts of us that have been conditioned. And we can't do much about it, really. I know exactly. This. Just love self, love those parts and say it's okay. I was there before this happened. I'm here now. I'm aware now. It's okay. Relax. I love you. Relax. That's self-love. Mm, yeah, relax. I love that it's word. It's okay. Relax. It's okay. It's all good. What is your idea of purpose? Is there a purpose to the human experience? Oh, to make it better than it was when you came in. To make it better than it was before you were aware. Right. You know, and to follow your your impulse, your individual pulse, what turns you on, what inspires you, and share that with the world. And another question I have for you that has to do with uh, purpose is, do you believe or hold any ideas about choosing to be here in a human body? Or this just happened just like magic? <laughs> There's life and death. It's all happening now. Nothing's happened. When you're aware, nothing's happened. Mm. There's no, there's no, story, there's no yeah. future or past to be aware. That's more the mind that wants to know what happened. You never know. You can't know. You can write a story of you think you might know, dream of, you know, you never know. Be here now, and you're free of all that. Let that wake up. It cannot be known. You're right. There's just the mind, the conditioned self holds those ideas. It wants to know because it's afraid yeah. to be here. Yeah, right. When you're, when you're not afraid, you're at peace. When you're afraid, you want to know. What about healing, Richard? I know you've been through a healing journey. I have been in so many of the guests that I speak of and everyone around me. So talk to me about your understanding about healing. If there's a destination to healing from the conditioned self. Well, I kind of, I kind of say when you find your present awareness, that's where you heal in the present moment. Like when you're in the present, you heal more. You, you can't heal in your storyline. Your story suffers in this story because it has broken parts of itself. You know, it has wounded parts it's trying to heal with. But when you're more present you are, more aware you are, you naturally heal because healing is a natural part of life. You're always whole, always well. So in my sense, I, I can't say why this all happened, you know, what decisions I made. But I know I've been very ill many, many times. But each time I come back, and quote-unquote back, and there's always a greater expanded awareness, more inspiration, more clarity. So that there definitely seems to be a natural flow to this, ebb and, ebb and flow of this expanded healing, you want to call healing, or unifying with the self, unifying with the wholeness, I would say. The more you unify, the more you unify with yourself, that's healing. Healing only applies to the conditioned self, because we already hope, right? Everything is whole. Exactly. I would say that kind of the way, yes. And again, I don't know. I'm not even sure I've healed. I've just done my step-by-step step as my ego, do my little, you know, change my diet, 
yoga, chanting, screaming. I mean, I've done so many modalities, but I believe just loving myself more and more in the moment has been the most beneficial for me. Yes, yeah, it really resonates. Oh, I see. It's interesting how you say it really sounds like you know a lot about these things, but at the same time, you don't know. So it's kind of interesting. There's a paradox. <laughs> there always is. Well said, truly. We know nothing ever. We just sometimes think we do. Yeah, it's just a feeling, a sense that we know. But. Yes, yes. But when it comes to the physical body, there is healing, right, Richard? Yes, and that's it. We can see it, right? The cells, the nerves. Uh, definitely, we notice it. But I'm like, I'm like saying, I have no idea how a bone heals. I pretend I know what's going on. I know nothing. Unless I know the health that I am. Mm-hmm. I love that too. <laughs> yeah, that's been my whole life story. I think the less, the less I know of anything, the healthier I am. The more peace I am, the more you know, inspired, more creative I am. Another question I have for you that I think I wanted to ask you off record, and I didn't because I want to hear your answer, about this idea of healing. Does it always take suffering or something else can drive us to do the healing work? I would say inspiration, intuitiveness can be a part of it. But it tends to be with me, if you heal, you have to heal from it. You have to find out why inside yourself, you know, what, what do I need to learn about myself in this moment? Is it, you know, spiritual, quote unquote? Is it food? Is it manifested? Is it form, non-form? But again, I'm at the place where I don't really, I don't know, it's kind of I'm much more at peace with not thinking about things as objects or bodies anymore. I'm just like, it just is what it is. I really am. And how does it feel like? Can you describe somehow what it's like to live in, in, from this space of, I call it freedom? Well, I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm always perfecting, not perfect. Um, more ease, more, more ease, less expectation, more flow, less, less reactionary. That's the best part of this. I was always afraid to eat what food I'd eat, what I said, what I didn't say. I was always afraid of the environment, pollution. You know, chemtrails, all that kind of craziness. Always my brain, always that crazy like that. I was afraid to live. So I live, you're rather afraid. I find that fear and self-love myself, forgive myself for those thoughts, those horrible, repetitional, depressing thoughts, you know, this anger, this being afraid to be myself, a gay man, a waking man, afraid to be me. That was making me so ill. So the more I accept myself fully every now in this moment, the more healing. I mean, who really does that? <laughs> because most of us are running from the bed all the time, pushing away, right, Richard? You're right. So the suffering gives you an opportunity to go in the cocoon and find your peace each time. I think it's more intense, you know. It's like, I can only say in my position, every time I get something, it's even more intense because I guess it's helping me expand more. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. You know? In a way, Suffering is compassion, isn't it? Life being compassionate, showing us the way, showing us itself, like revealing exactly. itself oh, to us. Exactly. Because the more you suffer, the more you is gone. So you have more space for other people, their storylines, their compassion. When you care of your own stuff, you have more space for others. More, you know, like the public is bigger and bigger. Where you're not care about yourself anymore, you're helping your your purpose is to help other people. Yeah, but without the expectation. Yes. Yeah, I'm a conduit for compassion with no expectation. Because now you're merging back with life. So your life itself, there's no separation from you and life. Exactly. There never was, you know. <laughs> <I> never was. <laughs> that is so uh, liberating to hear that, right? That it never it was. <laughs> yeah. It's also time blowing and surreal. But true, I mean, it's, it's madness. It's madness. We're living in madness. 
What an amazing experience. Uh, I mean, whatever this is, it's incredible. Spirituality, how do you view spirituality these days? What is to be spiritual? What is spirituality to you? I made a board. I made a board. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's just, um, it's a, what's it, I'm not sure. It's more like a market. You know, just it's just be yourself. You know, there's layers of the, of the experience that you would go through, and I think one of them is to call upon spirituality. Then you drop all that, and it's like, I need that home. There's, there's more levels to search through, more dreams to go through, more worlds, and more, and they'll never stop. The mind will never stop creating what you want to experience. When you stop feeding the mind, your experience becomes home. You become relaxed. So true. So that conditioned self, that separated wholeness, I call it, because it is whole, but feels separated. Yes. That is creating everything. It's creating all the challenges, creating all the suffering, the pain, it's labeling everything. Separ- I mean, it's just incredible. It doesn't stop. You're right. It's endless. Yes. When you see it, that's when you become free. Because at one of the glimpse, you get a small ex- inhale or exhale. It's like, wait, this is crazy. I can start relaxing and let this go. And I'm still, I'm still here now. I don't believe anything now to be right now. To be here now, I believe nothing. So why do you believe anything? Just be a kind human being. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, a billion times to that, living from that place of um, fulfillment, really, because it's already fulfillment to be here in the human body. Yes, you can remember it if you want to, just remembering your true self. You wrote the book, From Suffering to Soaring, and you included uh, in the subtitle the word God. Through God, I transcended AIDS. So why did you include the word God? Well, to me, the word God means good. That's why the goodness helped. That's why that was why I put good God there. I was worried about the dogmatic effect, but it was still there. I left it there because that's how I wrote it. Afterwards, afterwards, I'm reflecting with my brain, my mind. I thought I should change it, but I'm like, no, it's been put out in the world now. That's the way it is. I'm going to keep expanding. Yeah. So you're not really running away from anything. There's no pushing away anything. Yeah, I can't. No, I never stop. I always push. You're always pushing against the wall. Always pushing to change. You never stop changing. You just got to accept everything as it is, what you've done, what is, and you're free of that. So talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing your book, Richard. It was cathartic. It was cathartic. It was journaling. It was um, the explosion of new, uh, new awareness coming to my brain. Because I used to work every day and write nonstop or work. It's an influx of information coming to me from source, you know, from my open mind. My open, I cracked open one year. I sat in meditation. I cracked open, which I became the ocean. And I was everything. And then I kind of went away for a while. So I started kind of wanting that. And I kind of missed that too much. I got depressed. But I started writing more and more about that. I wrote songs about that. I wrote albums about it. And then one day it was gone. So... You know, it's kind of like I realized it, um, I've always been a writer. I've always written songs. I've written poetry. Always, that's my natural gift, my tool. I don't try. I don't write, make houses or build construction because my innate gift is writing, is singing, writing poetry, is literature. So that, you know, naturally, or the book piece, that's what I am. So I started writing a book. And it was fun to do it. And I could do all this in myself. The artwork, I was an artist also. It just felt good to have something get out of my body, to see it on paper. You know, just get out of your brain to see what's in your mind onto paper. That's why I did that. There is a connection between healing, or the idea of healing, and writing, right, Richard? Sure. You can see what's inside yourself. When you write something, energy energy is leaving your body, through your hand, through writing. That's no doubt about that. What you say, you're releasing energy. Our bodies are memory systems. The whole body, like I have PTSDs after PTSD after PTSD. 
So I thought to understand that through the breath work, through vipassana, through chanting, through singing, through movement, through everything to get my, this energy out of my balance in my body again, especially from a stroke and aphasia, you lose your you lose everything, your breath, your talking, your your movement, everything's gone. So you have to realize, okay, let me kind of figure this body out again. I gotta get so aware of myself. I feel myself so deeply again. What a gift, you know, to get your body so deep, like you said, not just running from job to job. I have the most amazing opportunity to learn my body from the inside out. And so that's been through the breath. Like you spoke of, the breath is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So even if we lose the ability to express this, let's say the awareness, as you call it, through the body, there's still the breath. And that is exactly awareness there's, itself. There's still stillness. When you're with somebody, they'll feel it because you'll be one, when you speak as one. You know, there's no, before the words, we are. So I didn't have to, I'm not speak at all, really. I just wanted to be able to speak again. You know, I was like, oh, I used to talk, but I wanted to back. So you wrote a second book. Is that a new book? Yeah, The Myth of Death. Talk to me for a moment about that. Well, the idea of when you go through suffering, and we're in awareness of no death or life. They're as simple as that. There really is not. My, my partner, my, my music partner, Robert Seibotten, and myself, we both found each other online, we, pres- we knew right away we were both home, in that sense. We both were awake and in compassion. So we've been talking for six years over uh, through Facebook, never met in person, and we just became best friends, writing notes back and forth, discussing things, he's a writer also. He was writing notes nonstop of, of our conversations. We he put we put together this book together, which wanted to explain our, our talking back and forth through stories. And also, we've written 67 songs as well as weareoverlap.com. We overlap on YouTube. And so we put all the lyrics to the songs in this new book, Myth of Death, The Eternal Season. Because awareness is one season. Like in nature, nothing nothing dies. It's always metamorphosizing into the next season. You know, everything goes back. You know, we know the story. Fertilizes from the ground, becomes a food for the animal, food for the worms, comes back to the butterfly. It's all one circle of life, you know. There's summer, winter, there's fall, which is one season of the soul. It's the same thing for all experience. That's mm-hmm. what this book's about. So, in the way you said that, life and death, both of them, it's just... Um, words. Yeah, no. just the words, right. Because I've been, I've been fortunate enough to die and come back twice. So, in a sense, I've actually visually experienced the body dying and also coming back into the body and staying aware the whole time. So, I'm, I'm aware that this is just a storyline. There's no also pushing away the stories, you don't do that, right? I know you don't live from, you don't operate from storytelling, but you don't push them away either, which is an interesting dance, not to push the stories away. Because we are using words now to communicate, to have this oh, conversation. Oh, society, of course, society, organization, of course, in languages. I'm not going to be like, of course, I'm natural, not sure I'm talking, of course. But before these words, is awareness that knows its truth. There is a different... I can use the word feeling, a sense. Emphasis, emphasis. A feeling, a sense, yeah, exactly. Mm, it feels different. Right, yeah. It's kind of like me. Yeah, like if you say, I went to, like I went to Georgia, and I went to, when I really go to Georgia, I went to Georgia, there's energy there because you were there. That's what, you, that's what you mean, right? You mean that there's more depth to the behind the words? Yeah, the experience is there because it's experiential. In a way, you're saying it's possible to experience in the body, the conditioned mind and body, what 
awareness is, but isn't it beyond the body and mind? If it is wholeness itself, it cannot be experienced because in order to experience wholeness, we have to separate. In order to describe it, right? We need to separate from it. No, no, just be still. That's wholeness. Be still. Purely still. Wholeness, that's wholeness. You're making, the, you're making a goal. When you make a goal, you're lost. Yeah, so true. That's tomorrow, it's next time, next life, next, next journey. Be here now. You're here now. That's how simple it is. Yeah, it's so simple. True. It's, it's so. I have this tendency to use the conditioned self to use the brain for everything, intellectualize things, and talk about it. And this is part of it too, right, Richard? But like no, you right, said, no right, or wrong, no right or wrong. Could be your gift, your tool. That's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Hmm. And you have another website, the CompassionCurrency.org. I love this concept. So talk to me about the meaning of that, Compassion Currency. Well, to me, the idea of compassion is our greatest currency as a human species. What we give, what we, what we help, that's our true monetary system. That's the idea of this Compassion Currency. And the idea with, I made a Facebook group also, our currency of compassion, because I want to get that plant those seeds of compassion deep in people's psyches and their minds, conditioned selves, that it's not that you can't take, you know, we know you can't take money with you when you pass. Nothing, you know, we're going to hoard money, hoard things that do nothing. But you can endlessly give, endlessly receive compassion and kindness because they're endless. And that's the true currency of being a human being. Our stories and our compassion, I believe, are the greatest currency. That's why it's called compassion currency. Yeah, that's a a lovely, lovely idea. (laughs) It is a story, but it's so lovely. It It has the flavor of consciousness, of of awareness. Empowerment (laughs) empowerment and sovereignty, I believe, are tools of the soul. Yeah. Um, hmm. We also sell, with Giving Gear, we also sell items and clothing on there. Each thing you buy goes back to certain entities on the planet that support life and support compassion giving gear also is our clothing line our our items line we started on there also you can buy hats t-shirts not only design clothes everything you buy percentage goes back to support compassion causes in the world yeah there's giving and receiving that's the description of love right if we can use one I agree. That's very well said. Yeah. We are overlap.com. Do you also sell your music or this is free? That's all. That's mostly music on that site. Well, today everything is streaming online, so you really can't sell and buy music anymore like you could before. The market's changed. We have, it's pretty much pointing everything to YouTube, pointing everything to my streaming sites like Spotify, like Bandcamp.com, which is actually empowers artists because you buy our, you can buy our songs on Bandcamp.com and support us, and also stream music free, you know, and also on Pandora, iTunes, all the like you're doing for this podcast. We're doing the exact same thing for the songs, where it's available all over the internet and the world streaming wise. But the, this website, WeareOverLap.com, is mostly our blog, our story, and pointing to YouTube and pointing to for the music app. Right. So that's great to know. I'll have both links on your podcast profile too, Richard. Oh, thank you so much. You're a blessing. You're a sweetie. I have something else. I want to just read some of the passages that caught my attention. I have too many here. But this one that you say, it's not about finding the cure, but being the cure. Beautifully written. And then something that caught my attention, you talk about the book not being the first book, From Suffering to Soaring. Let us not be attached to the physical. The body will do what the body does through being 
in a state of observation or pure awareness, we free the body to be. That really resonated when I read this, letting the body be, because a lot of times we are trying, or something in us is trying to control the body, asking to do different things and in certain times, like exercise, and so many things that the body, if we really, really pay attention, it doesn't want to do it. It's not what it wants. You're right. Like your intuition, like you said, your intuition games, like you said, that intuitive sight will let you know that you feel that, you feel that, the, 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 um, language in the body. And then there's something else that caught my attention uh, in your book was, um, oh, I love chapter eight, of course, transcended the habit of seeking. <laughs> That's my favorite. And then chapter 10, you talk about the gratitude through nature, realizing gratitude through nature. Yes, Th yes. That really resonated with me too. And I love chapter 27, tasting the present of presence. Mm. And there you say the body is an internal door to the present. So true. So it keeps coming back to the body in a way, although we know that the body is in a way the anchor of this separated reality. But vehicle of presence. Vehicle of presence. Yeah, to the body. And it's so paradoxical because the body is, I mean, feels not just feel separated. It really, really, really seems to be separated from everything else. <laughs> so, but it's not really. It's yeah, it's right. Real. That's fine. It creates that idea, but it's not a separation. So, I do have the ending questions before I ask them, Richard. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book or one of your books? I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity to share. I'm very, very thankful I can share this message to people out there that are ready for this message. Yeah, thank you for being the message. <laughs> thank you so much. And I'm not I'm not perfect. Please don't do that to me. I'm ah. perfect. I'm also humble. I'm also a fool. I'm also lost. <laughs> I'm just I'm just another speck on this little planet. Yes, right? yeah. Ah, uh, but just even being humble about it and in talking this way, it is, yeah, it, it actually makes it even more interesting. So thank you. Thank you for your presence in our reality. We need more of these um Ah, yeah, the, the presence of what that is that cannot even be described or named. And let me ask you this ending question, uh, three of them. What is another word for life? Experience. What was the hardest lesson to learn about your conditioned self and life itself as of today? That's to let myself make mistakes. Yeah, we can all relate to that. Yeah. Sure. And not judge it, not judge it, and say it's good or bad. Just things happen. You know, I can never, I can never know. You know. I know an idea happens right in that, like that moment. No idea. And my last question is: What are three things you wish everyone in the body to experience before they lose the body, before they die? A great journey, self-love, good laugh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> boy, we need that. <laughs> it seems like an expression of liberation, isn't it? Just to laugh yes, everything yeah. off. <laughs> you're laughing, you're present, you're yeah. you know, laugh, you know yeah. you're laughing, you're talking about laughing. That's true. <laughs> you know, you're just laughing. Uh, yes, yeah, it, there's something about laughter. And, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you so much, Richard, again, for your beautiful presence, uh, for what you're trying to communicate here in a very profound way, very authentic way, and everything else in between that could be felt. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Okay. On YouTube, we are Overlap Richard Shipping. That's my name, Richard Shipping, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-C-H-O-O-P-I-N-G. Also, we are Overlap.com and also www.compassioncurrency.org. Wonderful. I'll have the websites on your podcast profile in the written form. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon, Richard. Bye for now. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Richard Shooping and his work, please visit weareoverlap.com and compassioncurrency.org. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.